Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. This is Strength to Strength, and we welcome you back for another talk here uh, today. So today we are having an event, we call it, where we have a part one and a part two in one day. Um, and we'll get into that here right shortly. Um, but also this event does begin a series. Um, and this series um, is called um, God's Design for, and today is the home. And in two weeks, or th- well, actually four weeks, it'll be God's Design for Community. And then we're also looking at God's Design for Masculinity later. Um, and we'll probably have some more kind of in this series. Um, and also something that's unique too about this particular series is uh, on the sisters side of Strength to Strength, they're also doing a God's Design for, and they would have had a talk here at the beginning of February uh, on God's Design for Femininity, I believe, and they'll be continuing that series. So we're kind of doing a joint series together. But we'll kind of get into a little more um, what Brother John will be talking about here um, today in just a little bit. I would like to begin our call, our talk here this morning with several verses out of Psalm 100. Um, so um, here in the here in the in in North America, it's 6 a.m. early in the morning. Um, those that are <clears throat> west of us, it's earlier in the morning. Those that are east of us, it's not so much in the morning, but often in the morning we think of, of those psalms that, that speak of praising God. And I just want to read a couple verses here out of Psalm 100. Our family actually read this last night. Um, this year, we're doing um, um every evening. Um, and for Thursday evening, or for Friday evening, this we read this, and it just stood out to me. I want to, I want to read it here again this morning. Uh, Shout triumphantly to Yahweh, all the earth. Serve Yahweh with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Acknowledge that Yahweh is God. He made us, and we are his, his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord, or Yahweh, is good, and his love is eternal. His faithfulness endures through all generations. And I asked my children last night, if if God's word says all generations, what does that mean? <laughs> and it means for as long as humanity is, this earth uh, is... Um, is here. Um, and we know that that God started, you know, created humanity uh, several thousand years ago. Um, and um, through all those generations, God has been faithful working with his people. And God desires a faithful people uh, in every generation. And by God's grace, there has been. We know that there always will be as long as um, this earth is here. Um there will be a faithful people. And so today we're looking at this idea of a God's design for the home. And we know that uh, the home is one of the main ways that God preserves faithful people. And in particular, the topic this morning is raising children. Um, And I am anticipating this topic, this talk. Uh, We have seven children 
And I find raising children to be one of the hardest things I have ever done. Um, it's always there. It's always that you, you can't just give it to somebody else. You, it's your responsibility. Um, and there's just a lot of difficult things with raising children. Um, there's you just need a lot of wisdom for knowing how to how to correct and and lead and um, and 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 help your children grow in character and understanding of God's word and respect for elders and just all those things. It's just a big task, and I'm really anticipating this talk this morning. Um, I have had the privilege of interacting with Brother John and his wife Beth. Um, for, I don't know, maybe the last eight years I've known them. Um, have worked with them on different initiatives, whether it was Kingdom Fellowship Weekend or uh, working together at Helping Plant a Church in Pittsburgh. I've had the privilege of, yeah, rubbing shoulders with, with John and and have been inspired by um, their their family um, and just his love for his wife and children and, um, yeah, uh, their their way of raising their children has been an inspiration to me. And so this this morning. Um, we're, we're not hearing from a perfect man, right, John? Um, but we're hearing from a man uh, who uh, loves Jesus and uh, desires to be faithful in raising up a faithful generation. Um, we had his wife, his, I'm sorry, we had his daughter, Mariah, write up a little bit of a, you know, um, about John. Uh, John is not somebody who likes to talk about himself. And so I knew not even to ask him to give me a bio. I, I just reached out to his daughter and said, hey, would you do that for us? And uh, so she did. And I'm, I'm going to read it here. Uh, John enjoys projects, a good song, walks at night to pray, camping trips, playing guitar, and pretty much anything having to do with wood, leather, and coffee. He is a jack of all trades and enjoys work from construction to piano tuning. He desires to be faithful in where God has, has him and is always striving for a deeper prayer life and walk with the Lord. John and his wife, Beth, and family live in Perry County, Pennsylvania with their nine children, and they attend Perry, Perry Believers Fellowship in Elliottsburg. So, John, it's good to have you with us here this morning. And uh, before we get started, let's just bow our heads for prayer. Father, we want to praise your name. Because you are worthy of our praise. You're worthy of our love, our allegiance. And you're such a long-suffering God. And God, you have uh, instituted, you have created things that are uh, so wonderful, we can hardly comprehend it. And one of those things is the home, is a, a marriage, a family, um, it's the, the beauty and the sacredness of this, this institution, Father, that, that we know is, 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 of, is of you and that you love it and that you have a plan for it. And Father, we ask this morning that as Brother John brings this talk, that you would just give him wisdom, understanding, give him a freedom to share what is on his heart, Lord. We ask for a good, good internet connection um, and, and just a special connection with you. Uh, in this talk, Father, bless him, bless his family. Thank you for uh, his faithfulness in raising his family, his many children who are walking in truth. Father, I pray a special blessing on them and also a protection from the attacks of the evil one. Father, we we wrestle not against other humans, 
but we wrestle against principalities and powers, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. And Father, we know that in these last times um, that the evil one, the powers of darkness are specifically attacking our families, um, marriages in this world. And so, Father, we we just know the importance of 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 reaching out to you, of, of thinking deeply and well about this. And so, Father, I pray you'll bless John in a special way as yes. he shares here today. So go with us, Lord, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Brother John, go ahead. Okay. Well, this subject has been very interesting for me to think about a little bit deeper. And um, so there have been a lot of, I have heard a lot, listened to a lot of talks about raising children, how we should do things. Um, Some things that I have pondered about all of that, but, you know, we can have, starting out in a, in a marriage, we can have all these warm, fuzzy thoughts about how, you know, what it would be like to have a family and sit around the table and talk about things and, um, you know, doing things together and <clears throat> having children that all love each other and love you and you love them. And, you know, it sounds like this ideal that we have. And um, is it, how does that work? I mean, what do we, how do we practically do this? <laughs> and what is, so what is God's way? What does the Bible teach us? <clears throat> and um, how do we relate to the world that we live in? Um, yeah, just some of the questions that I've, that I've had through it all. So <clears throat> first of all, I'd like to just take a look at what the Bible says. Um, the very familiar verses in Ephesians chapter 6. <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> First four verses there. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. <clears throat> Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. <clears throat> okay, so I think that those <clears throat> those four verses right there are some of the most um, um, condensed <laughs> um, directions that we have for raising children. And um, <clears throat> maybe it sounds simple, but you know, there's so much in there. And I think if we could really actually follow those verses um, and really understand them, that we'd be well on our way to uh, to be in the family that we are, that God wants us to be. <clears throat> so we have here responsibility on the parents part and we also have responsibility on the children's part but primarily today i'm going to be talking about the parents responsibility and um, the children's responsibility is to 
obey their parents in the Lord and to honor their parents. And um, so <clears throat> I feel like the initially the responsibility is with the parents. Um, the parents, we as parents chose to have children and um, our children just, you know, <laughs> happen to have parents. They didn't, that's <clears throat> not their choice. They didn't choose to be part of our family. They have to um, decide how to deal with that, how to relate to that. But, but we chose to have children. <clears throat> and so let's take the responsibility. And, um, but also it says that children are to honor their parents <clears throat> and obey them in the Lord. So are we honorable people? honorable parents are we in the lord and uh <clears throat> those things make a huge difference on our <clears throat> on our children's response <clears throat> all right so <clears throat> i'm not sure how organized i am but there are several points that <clears throat> i feel are important and i want to bring out i'm not going to go into a lot of um just detail on how this all works but um but first of all <clears throat> we need to let go of control and uh <clears throat> parents tend to be controlling parents also tend to be passive but <clears throat> i think the passivity is a way of, of remaining in control as well because um if we're passive, if we tell our children to do something and they don't do it, it feels out of control. If we just don't tell them anything, then if we feel like we're in control of our lives better. <clears throat> so, um, but we need to let go of control. So as parents, you know, we, we think of children that, um, we can tend to think of what they're going to do for us, <clears throat> um, whether it's, um, you know, just help us with the work or whether it's, um, you know, if we had this nice family that uh, would do something for our reputation, <clears throat> um, maybe it's just the companionship of, of, of children, but, um, you know, our children do a lot of things for us, but if we demand that from them, the uh, when we are demanding in in our and what we want from our children, that um, that's a good way to provoke them to wrath, to embitter them. Things that. Um, that seem like good things sometimes <clears throat> i knew um uh there was a, a mother that that um you know she wanted to sit beside her child children and hug them and hold their hands and while those aren't bad things <clears throat> it seemed like it was it was a it was just this tremendous need that she had <laughs> and her children just wanted to get away from her 
And so we need to let go of control. <clears throat> so for us to know how to be parents, we need to we need to experience being fathered by a heavenly father <clears throat> um, in <clears throat> so you know in our um in our lives we see god designing the whole thing of having children <clears throat> and um god like in a in a large sense you know we are god's children he is our father and um you know god if we can say god's first child was adam and we all descended from adam we're all of the same family and um god is our father he wants to be our father do we <clears throat> do we trust god do we have we God is perfect. God is not a parent as we are that has uh, imperfections and limitations, but God is perfect. Have we trusted our lives into God's hands? And I, I'm just going to say, if we have not just really trusted God, then we should not expect our children to trust us either. And um, rebellion is simply trying to make life work on our own terms. Um, the opposite of rebellion is trusting God, letting God have our lives. <clears throat> when we let go of controlling our own lives, we trust our lives into God's hands. We yield ourselves to God. We honor God. Then we can begin to uh, teach our children and give our children what they need, <clears throat> admonish them, care for them without being controlling. So, um, we we do teach our children, and um, we teach them what's important to us. So, we <clears throat> there are things that motivate us. There are things that... Um, that are important to us and that will be communicated to our children, whether we deliberately do that or not. And I think we should deliberately do that, but we can try to teach them things that, that, um, that are important, but if they're not really important to us, you know, our children will catch on to what makes us happy or unhappy. And, um, if it's all about getting the work done, they'll get that. If it's <clears throat> if it's our reputation, they'll pick up on that. They learn these things. And so <clears throat> I guess I just want to stress here in the beginning that ultimately get get our own lives right with God. <clears throat> and um if God really is the most important thing in our lives. Our children will see that, and we need to deliberately teach them that as well. But, but that is the only way we're going to be able to teach them that is by, is if God really is important in our lives as our heavenly Father. 
<clears throat> so I want to uh, just mention something here that I, I feel like that I have observed is that um, people want this people want this perfect family. <clears throat> they want good children. They want and if I can be so bold as to mention um, the uh, uh, Brother Denny Keniston taught uh, a series called the Godly Home Series. And <clears throat> I recommend that. I don't want to be negative about anything here, but but I guess I will be anyway. So um, <clears throat> we want these godly families. And... Um, you know, that's a good desire, but <clears throat> I think having a family in some ways is one of the most unpredictable things we can do. Um, we don't know how our children will respond. We cannot um, guarantee what's going to happen. And um, and so I, I want to be clear about that. I am not presenting anything that's a method that has, you know, we would like a method that's guaranteed to turn out a godly family. <laughs> um, there are patterns. There are. It's not completely random. And yet our children are people, same as us, that God has given a free will. And um, <clears throat> they're created in the image of God. We cannot, as parents, take away their freedom of choice. And um, so we don't know what they're going to do in life. We don't know. <laughs> um, and, you know, as little children, we need to teach them to listen to us and all of that. But they make choices, even as little children. And sometimes you feel like you're not sure. Um, and I still, I feel like I don't know who my children are really going to be, even though some of them are married. I don't know where they're going to end up another 20 years from now. I don't really know that. Um, and we can sit around and worry about that, <clears throat> but we're going to have to trust God. All right. So, um, Something I feel is, is important in our families and that's sadly lacking a lot of times is to te teach our children reality, to live in reality. <clears throat> so we have early on in the story of uh, humans, we have the story of Adam and Eve in the garden um, being tempted to eat of a tree that God had told them not to eat of. So, two things that stand out there. Um, Genesis 2, verse 17, this is what God said. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. All right, so that was what God said. Um, <clears throat> Genesis chapter 3, verse 6, this is what Eve heard. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. <clears throat> so 
God didn't say it wasn't good for food. God didn't say it wasn't pleasant to the eyes. God never said it wasn't desired to make one wise. So those all those things that Eve heard weren't untrue, but it but she was she was seeing things wrong. And um and she took an aid and and we have the consequences of that. <clears throat> so so we get into trouble because we're curious and we're easily deceived. And uh, and deception doesn't come from a just bold, a lot of times bold outright lie. <laughs> but it's things like the tree, the fruit. It looks good. Um, it's edible. And uh, <clears throat> there's something desirable there. <clears throat> What he forgot was that God said that when you eat it, you're going to die. And so, as parents, are we living in reality? Are we living in the truth? Jesus said, if you know the truth, the truth will make you free. Um, so, <clears throat> our goal as parents is to teach our children to face life and succeed how to succeed in life we're not just raising them to <clears throat> take care of us in our old age or um, give us a nice family to sit around the table with but we're teaching them to succeed in life so as we raise our family what tree are we eating of and what are we feeding them um do we teach them to discern truth from lies? Do we teach them what to do if they make a mistake? <clears throat> They're going to make some mistakes. Do they know what to do? Do they know how to humble themselves? Do they see us <clears throat> humbling ourselves, um, finding help, uh, change, changing if we uh, make a mistake? All right, so... <clears throat> something that's important to teach our children and as we read through the pattern of how god as as the ultimate father relates to people through the scriptures um is god says <clears throat> if you do this i will do this but if you don't do this then something else will happen and so god god is always teaching the consequences uh, you know what what you do has consequences uh, it's very important israel um israel didn't keep the sabbath and so god said well <clears throat> you're going to be in babylon for 70 years and and the land will keep its sabbaths for 70 years these were the laws that God was teaching his children that that um the consequences of what they've done. So it's very important um to teach our children the the pattern of consequences. <clears throat> we as parents hopefully want to um you know we have a desire to shield our children. We don't want to see our children suffer. And 
that's a good a good thing. However, um, it's very important that that we don't just take away all the consequences. Otherwise, we teach our children to live in <clears throat> in an unreal world where there are no consequences for our actions. And um, so when they're small, the consequences need to follow quickly. So they make the connection. I throw a fit, this happens. Um, not I throw a fit and I get what I want, but <clears throat> there's a punishment. There's a, um, there's a consequence. And, um, and so our children get that, um, they get that concept that as I go through life, <clears throat> the things that I do bring consequences. And so as they get older, you know, consequences can be a long time in coming, but uh, consequences will come. And it's not up to us as they get older to always uh, bring the consequences, but sometimes we need to just allow the consequences. Um, and we do shield our children. <clears throat> if I have a small child, <clears throat> two or three year old that scratches somebody's car, um, you know, I'm not going to make them pay for the repair. I, I, you know, it was, it may have been innocent. They may have crashed your bike into something that, that was an accident and and so sometimes as parents and this is very hurtful we want to make our children suffer consequences because we're offended or because we're embarrassed and, and that's so wrong um always the consequences are for their good that they can learn how they should uh, live their lives all right, I want to talk about our some of our responsibilities as parents. Maybe I should just throw a little bit of uh, a plug in there for <clears throat> about living in reality, about being careful with um <clears throat> with all of the everything that's on the internet and social media and all of that. Um, yeah, it's not reality. Let's be careful with that. And what we feed our children, <clears throat> it's, um, uh, it can be easy to just babysit our children with a, a video, uh, a phone or, or something like that. <clears throat> That's not reality. That's not, not a good babysitter. All right, so as parents, what are what are our responsibilities? So <clears throat> I <clears throat> you know, as a parent, we're we're responsible to provide for our children basic needs, um food, clothing, shelter. <clears throat> we need to provide that. They're helpless, uh start out helpless and um it's our responsibility it's our responsibility to teach them, to provide teaching, teach them life skills, um, relationship skills, um, knowledge of how things work and um, knowledge that 
<clears throat> help them get through life, how to read, how to do math, uh, things like that. Uh, teach them how to work, teach them how to relate to people. Um, uh, yeah, these are our responsibilities as parents. <clears throat> um, we have a responsibility to provide emotionally for our children. We need to care for their soul. Our children um, have feelings. They have needs. Uh, their souls, they're sensitive. We need to care for that. So, um, just again here that the parent-child relationship is 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 sort of a unique relationship in in that it is entered into without an agreement. Um, we find a friend, you know, we both agree we want to be friends. We get married, we both agree we want to get married. <clears throat> but um, with a parent and child, you know, there's no agreement. It's just the parent, the child enters the relationship because the parent chose, but the child doesn't choose. So, <clears throat> so the child comes dependent, um, you know, just, yeah, dependent. And so, as parents, we are, we are, uh, we represent God to them. We are like God. I mean, we're not God, but but to our children, especially as <clears throat> as little children, we're like God to them. Um, they're dependent on us, and um, they aren't able to take care of themselves. Now, <clears throat> we're limited in. Our ability to provide, and we have to reckon with that. Um, we want to do well, but there are things that are out of our control. Um, there are things that we just aren't good at, and um, and so you know we need to be humble. We're not God, but as a parent, we're representing God, and so. Um, you know, there are, there are parents, many parents have been unable to just give their children basic needs just to feed them because they couldn't, they didn't have, <clears throat> they didn't have it to give. But even in something like that, as a parent, we may not have <clears throat> what our child needs but we can still represent a heavenly father who does have what we need and what they need. And, um, and we do our best. We do our best to provide for our children, but we depend on our heavenly father. And the best thing we can teach our children is to also depend on our heavenly father. God is a personal God. God is not uh, some <clears throat> big CEO someplace that is impersonal, that has, um, oh, people under him, people under him that, that, um, that we can never get to God. But God is personal with each one of us. We need to be personal with our children, have a personal relationship with each one of our children. Um, and we struggle with some of these things. 
God is never too busy or distracted to care for each one of us individually. We are limited by time and space, and sometimes we are distracted. Sometimes we're busy. We can only talk to one of them at a time. And um, so we're limited and imperfect, but we can make time personal time for each one of our children and teach them by our example that God is a personal God. God cares for them personally, emotionally, um, in every way. So something that we have done is is um, um, just one day a week, we'll take one of our children for an hour and just that's their time. Um, you know, we, we're stuck in space and time and we have to do something as <laughs> things sometimes to make things work. Um, <clears throat> you know, different ways of doing things. Um, I don't want people to copy us. We, we try to try to make it work. We don't get it all done right. Our children, I'm sure, sometimes feel neglected. But let's keep working at it. Two things that are very important that I feel are <clears throat> very, very important in in um, relating to our children, uh, safety and connection. And I already talked a little bit about connection and being personal um safety um you know goes along with providing but um we need to create a safe place for our children and we need to connect with them <clears throat> so where where as a as a small child where do our children go when they need when you know when so, when life is scary or painful where do they go do they run to mom or dad? Do they want to go home when they feel insecure? <clears throat> home should be a place where, you know, they want to go. When life feels out of control, they just want to go home. When they get hurt, when somebody makes fun of them, they know where to go. We need to be that as parents, a safe place. <clears throat> Um, you know, is home and family just that safe haven in this troubled sea of life that they, um, you know, they can they can find rest, they can find um, comfort, and <clears throat> feel secure. So God, He tells us to come aside. Uh, he tells us to uh, enter our closet and connect with him and um and so <clears throat> you know our children maybe we're in you know in a public setting maybe we're you know a kingdom fellowship weekend and everything's people everywhere and life is different and out of control and some children may like that but <clears throat> there can be our child can can feel um, 
can find themselves in a place of insecurity, let's take them, take them aside, <clears throat> take them aside, connect with them, and um, listen to them. Find out what's going on. God listens to us. God wants to hear from us, and God speaks to us comfort. And um, God gives us renewed strength. <clears throat> we can also do that for our children. But we need to take time to take them aside, away from the other voices, away from the pressures of life, and um, and just connect with them. <clears throat> Sometimes these things can make a huge difference in uh, for weeks to come if if our child um, just feels that connection with us in their in their need. All right, <clears throat> keep moving on here. Um, we read the heart of God in First Corinthians chapter thirteen about love. We can do all these other things, but without love, it's it's worthless. And so, connection of love. Um, we can teach our children to work hard. We can teach them amazing life skills. We can teach them how to play the piano or whatever your thing may be. We can teach them amazing things. But if we don't love them and teach them to love and connect with God and other people, they're not going to be very useful in God's economy. <clears throat> and um, now I want to remind us again that these things are unpredictable in some sense, uh, in the sense that our children have their own choices to make. But there are patterns, and when we connect well with our children, we give them a huge advantage in knowing how to how to connect. And um, whenever we represent God in a hurtful, demanding kind of way. It takes our children, they have to work through all of that before they can begin to connect with God and learn directly from God how God wants us to be. If we can teach them, even imperfectly, God's ways, it gives them a it gives them just such a a better start in in even understanding who God is and how God how God thinks. <clears throat> All right. So another point I want to make here is that children naturally learn to defend themselves to survive. It's a natural instinct to survive. And um, however, these self-defensive strategies work against connection, loving and connecting. They work against that. And so if our home is a place where our children feel like they need to survive, um, they're going to develop strategies that will actually work against loving and connecting. But 
the more we make our home a place where our children feel like they don't have to defend themselves to survive, um, the less we teach them bad habits. <clears throat> and I also want to say that um, as our children go through life, you know, maybe they go to school, um, maybe they, you know, in church or wherever they go, if something uh, happens that if something bad happens, we need to be there to to help them so that they don't need to feel like they have to survive. They have to take care of themselves. And, uh, you know, at school, it could be the teacher even. Um, you know, I've, I grew up um, going to school. And so my, you know, I saw other families that the parents always defended the teacher. You can't talk, you can't talk about the teacher and, and so those children, you know, some of those children learn that you don't tell your parents if you have a need, if things have not gone well. You and and they grew up and uh, learned to do things behind their parents' back. They were learning to survive on their own terms. But um, you know, my my parents <clears throat> were willing to listen to me and talk about things the teacher did wrong. Now, you know, we still need to respect them. We need to teach our children respect. But we don't need to defend. We don't need to ignore their hurt because we're afraid to admit that the teacher or preacher or somebody did something wrong. We can talk about it. We need to give our children um, an ear to listen to how they feel. <clears throat> if we don't, um, you know, they'll probably bury it and um, they'll come up with their own defense, which will cause problems later on. <clears throat> All right. So those are some of the things that we need to provide for our children. Safe place, um, provide connection, a place apart from apart from the world where they can be safe and share their hearts. All right. Something we need us to do as parents is include our children into our lives. We want our children to let us into their lives. But do we tell them how we feel? Do we include them in what we're excited about? Um, do we give them the impression they're a bother? That we want to do our thing without their, <clears throat> without them being in the way. Um, if they feel that way, they'll stay out of our way. <laughs> but <clears throat> it's going to be a sad day when they're growing up and don't need us and exclude us from their lives. Do things together, make things together. Um, yeah, just let your children be part of your life. <clears throat> Talk about how you feel. Talk about what you're thinking. Um, yeah, let your children know what you're, what's going on in your heart. Not just 
um, not just cover that up to them. To I think some people feel guilty um, when they don't feel right and don't when they're struggling with life, and they want to. They don't think that their children want to know about their struggles, <clears throat> and you know maybe our children aren't really going to have much input, but but they want to know. Uh, they want to be part of our lives, and um, yeah, make them a part on an intimate level. <clears throat> so, you know, let them talk. Let them give their opinion. And um, even when their opinion is wrong, <laughs> even when they're <laughs> they don't feel right about things and aren't don't feel re like responding right, listen to them anyway. <clears throat> and we can talk about it. Don't just shut them up. Uh, don't bury our feelings <clears throat> when we just bury things and build walls and don't let don't want to be vulnerable. Um, you know, that's not a good way to teach our children to, to live. Um, teach them so they can live without us, but they want to be with us. Um, we're not raising a family that they can't live without us, hopefully. We want them to be able to live without us, completely independent. They can survive with a heavenly father that they really don't need us but we want them to want to be with us and um, we want to be with them um, be proud of them as much as possible <clears throat> I now there's a negative way to do that and and um, you know, we don't want to be obnoxious and act like our children are better than everyone else's children. I'm not talking about that, but don't act ashamed of your children. That's so hard for children to bear when their parents are ashamed of them. <clears throat> don't belittle them. You know, maybe they're cutting up in church and we feel embarrassed. Don't <clears throat> belittle them. Just, you know, maybe it's time to take them aside privately and, um, yeah, there's ways of doing that, but still be proud of them, <laughs> even if they're cutting up in church. Uh, we need to correct them, but <clears throat> um, and don't be proud of them in the sense that um, that we uh, put other people down, but but just that we're <clears throat> we're glad to have them as our children, and uh, you know they want to know that. And I know we don't always. I haven't always done done as good as you know i should have with all of that but but god god wants us god is proud of us um he even though we mess up pretty badly sometimes we always know that god still wants us god wants to hear what we're what we have to say god wants us god wants us to come be with him <clears throat> um Ultimately, God is the fulfillment of all they need and hope and dream for. God is that fulfillment. And um, <clears throat> just want to end with that.
that um, let's learn to know God, our Heavenly Father. All of our hopes, all of our dreams, all that we need is in God. And if we can show that <clears throat> and teach that to our children, um, they have, they'll have something, someone to turn to that they can successfully live life whether we're here or not. Um, and we can be proud of them because, <clears throat> because God will not disappoint. Ultimately, we're proud of God. And um, that's what we want to teach our children. And so uh, there's so many things I could say, but I, I think I'll just stop there. And um, there's many books, many messages uh, you can listen to and the more some of the nitty-gritty things but <clears throat> god bless you thank you brother john for sharing here this morning um and i um was fed inspired uh, in listening to you and uh, for maybe for some of the listeners here, maybe it doesn't feel that um, applicable to you. Maybe you're single, maybe your children are all gone. Um, but for those of us who are right in the center of it, it's, it's like water uh, to a thirsty soul. Uh, so thank you, Brother John. And like, I do have the privilege of of uh of knowing knowing you and and seeing you raising your family and uh i know that you this is something that you have put to practice in in many many beautiful ways um one thing that stands out to me john as i was looking down through the notes that i took here and it just keeps shining through in many many places and that is relationship this is a relational thing and um relationships are are unique um for every different person and relationships to have a relationship with god we know that it takes time for us to to think about god um and it's you know we as christians often we we think of that as as a, a personal time with God daily, where we're reading scripture and praying and meditating. It's those, it's that that that's how we have that relationship. And and so, with children, um, it just means time. Uh, and yeah, and so you you laid out kind of the you must first have a right relationship with God, and that the opposite of of, of this relationship is rebellion. Um, and you said rebellion is simply taking, is trying to make life work on our own terms. And, and it's whether it's me towards God or whether it's my child saying, no, I'm not going to listen to you. I want to do it this way. And, and so that's, that's a really helpful way to think about it. Um, and so it's in, it's through that relationship, nurturing that connection that, that we can, a child can say, well, I want to obey you because, because I love you. 
because I, I want to make, I want to please you. And that, that's such a beautiful thing. It's not transactional. It is, it is relational. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, I'll open this up here right shortly. So have your questions ready. Um, another thing you said is that raising a family is one of the most unpredictable things we can do. <laughs> and isn't that the truth? I, I just, you know, my oldest is 14 and, and, um, I just, yeah, you do, you realize that they begin to make their own decisions. They draw their own conclusions. Um, and if you, yeah, it's through a relationship that we can discuss those things and, you know, help guide them. Um, but it's quite different than when he was four. Um, so, yeah, it's very unpredictable. It's, um, it, it just takes trust. There's a vulnerability there that is, that is this really can be scary but also can be so beautiful too, as we see our children choosing the right ways. And yeah, and they're, like you said, they're, they are their own, uh, they have free will. And and so, and that's what we want them to. Um, so um, <clears throat> one of the things you talked about, so think of this relationship part, you mentioned how you try to spend an hour with your child every week. Um or one of your children, you know, intentionally as, as understood, is that you and Beth together or do, uh, do, do you just take a child, you know, or how, how is that? What, what does that kind of look like? If you could tell us a little bit. Sure. Yeah, we, uh, we do that together. Um, we haven't always done that. It's been off and on some, but, um, um, you know, we'll, you know, say eight o'clock, we'll tell all the other children to, you know, do something else. And we just take one of the children and just sit with them, maybe have a snack, maybe play a game or, you know, as they get older, maybe just talk, but, um, try to try to connect with them, uh, for an hour in whatever way we can. Uh, so yeah, nothing complicated, <laughs> very simple, but, uh, it gives some time for them to, you know, talk about, maybe what their strengths and weaknesses are, um, you know, what their struggles in life are right now. Um, they have anything they want to talk about, uh, gives them an opportunity. Yeah. That's, uh, pretty much what we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. I think that, uh, creating, uh, rhythms for, for communication where, you know, maybe, yeah, there's, they know that there's a time that they could maybe ask that question that maybe they wouldn't otherwise. And so I, I think that's, that's really beautiful. Um, good. Yeah. Uh, I was going to ask another question. Okay. Oh yeah. Here, um, along, along the line of teaching your children, um, what does that look like in your home? Uh, teaching, so I, I know that you homeschool, so the academics happen at home, but more uh, more along like spiritual things or or scripture. Um, how do, how do you go about that? Mm-hmm. Well, <clears throat> I'm not. I don't feel like I have a good, a real good answer for that. Like we've we've not um necessarily been i don't know all this intentional stuff that we hear about today we didn't start out <laughs> with all of that 
and um and yet i would say it's more just as we go along we talk about things and make comments about things talk about things that have happened and we do um i I do feel it's important to have a family you know time when we sit down as a family and read the bible and you know family worship together um i think that's important but um a lot of times things come up in life as we go along um and let's just talk about them and um yeah maybe that's simplistic but (laughs) that's kind of how we look at it sure okay i'm gonna open it up here any questions from any of the ones here for john John, one of the the things that has inspired me too about your family is uh, you sing together, um, and and I've I've been I've sat under your your singing as a family in different places and times, uh, and I can tell that it's yeah you're not um, getting overly sophisticated about it about your singing, but it's beautiful and it's I can tell it's the children are singing and. Um, so you must spend some, obviously some regular time in singing, uh, but how did you nurture that, um, that, that desire to sing? Uh, you know, I, I think about our family, we have some who love singing and the next one would rather not sing. <laughs> so how did you, um, get those who would rather not sing to sing? Maybe you didn't, maybe you didn't have that, that challenge. Yeah. Um, so first, I would like to say probably, I mean, we don't, you know, we sing together just in a normal, you know, family worship time to really inspire them to sing. Uh, we've done things, you know, make a recording, um, you know, maybe learn a couple songs to sing in church, um, you know, some things like that actually give them a purpose in in learning a song or something. Um you know, picking out special songs that are fun to sing. Um, you know, some of them <clears throat> have not enjoyed singing as well. And, um, you know, probably even till they're, you know, up in their teens, haven't really, didn't really sing as much. Um, you know, that does vary. I, <clears throat> I guess I, you know, I do maybe push them a little bit, but I've hesitated to, I don't want to make, I don't want to make singing a painful thing for them. So I've not, I've not forced the issue uh, with ones that don't like to sing as much. Um, But it seems like, you know, if we enjoy singing and it's something that that's fun, um, you know, they, um, they do come to a place where they, (laughs) you know, they, they start to enjoy it as well. Yeah. So, uh, I guess it's something that I've enjoyed and my wife has enjoyed. And so, you know, it's not something we're just trying to make happen, but it's just, 
it's been sort of a hobby, I guess you could say. I enjoy instruments. I enjoy recording. Um, yeah, I just think it's fun. So, and um, yeah, they get that after a while. <laughs> when I when I think of of your parenting style, John, I, I think of of patience, and um, and that's something I struggle with. <laughs> Uh, so thank you for being a good example of a patient father. Wow. And that's so important. I think of my father, he was, he was so patient. Um, and I, I, I that's, that's such a, a beautiful picture of God. And, and you talked about how, you know, that, that the parent child relationship um, yeah, the child comes into our life, you know, it's not like there's a contract or kind of an agreement, you know, we're, we're kind of peers. And so let's be friends. We like each other. And, and it's so much the same way with God and us. And, um, so how can we, you know, what if we're like God, um, we're, we're that figure in their, in their lives for their formative years and to be that example uh, of, of our heavenly father who is patient and long suffering it's a big challenge for me um so yeah uh any any questions from the ones here i don't want to be the one asking all the questions um when when you think of so john you uh you you like roasting coffee you you, you um you do leather working um you 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 like instruments you know I've, i'm not one with a whole lot of hobbies um but maybe maybe i should ask the question this way what are what are what are ways that you find that you can connect with your child you know it's not that intentional one hour you know where you sit down with them but just in the rhythms of life uh what have you found that it's like wow i'm just thankful I, that i can do this so I can connect with my children. Mm -hmm. What has that one thing been? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, <clears throat> I think that, you know, I want to say this, first of all, that everybody's different. And, um, you know, maybe hobbies might not be your thing so much. Um, I may enjoy hobbies, but they're, you know, they're, I'm sure you have things that you enjoy. But so children, our children, sometimes they, they don't know what to do. They're kind of bored. Maybe, you know, want something to do. Um, just a simple thing, you know, some making paper airplanes together, um, you know, look up some origami or something on, online something you can do together <clears throat> just you know simple things like that it's fun um it's something we're doing together make snowflakes uh, paper snowflakes you know things like that we've we've often well i grew up that way my mom would give us things to knitting she taught me to knit um you know just um yeah there's endless endless options out there but um but not just as a way to get rid of them, tell them to go off and do something, but do it with them. Uh, that's what they really want. Um, they want they want time with the parents. And, um, you know, games as well. My wife 
<clears throat> likes games uh, more than I do. But, um, yeah, they love to play games together. Uh, reading stories together is another thing uh, we have tried to as often as we can to, you know, have a storybook where we'll sit down in the evening and just read a chapter. Um, it's a time we can all relax and just enjoy a story together. Um, yeah. Some things that we've done. Thank you, John. Um, that's great. Uh, I, I, um, my, my, my wife grew up with a, with a family like that and just did lots of things like that together. And my family wasn't so much like that. And so it's been, um, I can just see the, the advantages of that and and the camaraderie and relationship that creates. So, yeah, thank you for, for sharing that. Um, okay. Well, we're going to wrap up the call here. Um, thank you, John, for, for sharing on raising children, God's design for, um, the family in, in that regards, that could be so much more we could talk about um, here, so much more. But thank you for, for sharing that. Uh, and God bless you as you prepare for this afternoon um, as well uh, for marriage, the discussion on marriage. And uh, there's a quote that my, my friend has uh, in his house, and I, I just loved it. Um, so it's challenged me when I saw it because I don't tend to think this way, but, and it goes like this. If you want to change the world, go home and love your family. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so, uh, it's easy to maybe natural for me to try other ways, um, to change the world. But I think that's true. Uh, it's when you look at the power of a, of a godly family and how that can affect so many people and so many generations, it truly is um, so important and so beautiful. And, and of course, the testament to other people around us, you know, I think about, you know, what are some of the ways, you know, maybe that, that, that enable us to share or share about the gospel or who we are. And I think about children are just people are drawn to that, a, a family uh, with, with children and they ask questions and, and even my children can share things that I would never share. <laughs> and that's, that's interesting to see too, though. They're, you know, in their, in their, just their innocence, um, they'll, they'll share things that maybe I wouldn't. Um, and so, yeah, a godly, a family that's not perfect for sure, but just striving to, to, you know, in the ebbs and flows and, of life to to be a witness for Jesus is is uh, is a beautiful thing. It definitely is heaven on earth, isn't it? And I think of your family, many godly families here, you know, in on this call um, and around the world, godly families living out life, <clears throat> you know, not perfect. As as you as you stressed at the beginning, this isn't about a, um, you know, this this perfect thing that we're trying to do it's, it's not that but it's just uh where where god is in the center and uh, and heaven does does come to earth uh, in that in such a tangible way um, i think there's a, a chat that came in here let me just check that out here real quick um yes uh, there'll be yeah there'll be questions this afternoon as well and so um and maybe john maybe i'll, I'll give you a little a little i won't be on the call uh, but i'll listen to it later we need to wrap up here um, maybe a little bit about discipline um, could be uh, 
um, what does discipline look like? Um, what are some practical ways to discipline children? Um, yeah, I, I know you you got into kind of the the the, the importance of of not belittling belittling your children. But maybe maybe you want to share a little more about that, um, possibly this afternoon, if if, if you uh, feel uh, that would be something you'd be open to and you can pray about. Uh, sure. Mm-hmm. So, all right, brother John, could you close us in prayer, please? Sure. <clears throat> Our heavenly Father, just want to thank you this morning that you have been so good to us in meeting our needs and providing for us and um, you created us you um, have given us in your son jesus christ all things that pertain to life and godliness Um, you've given us your holy spirit you've not left us here as orphans to make our own way through life forgive us for trying to do things our own way and for doubting and and for our unbelief God, help us as we um, have children and teach them and live life with them. Just show us your glory. And um, I pray for all the families um, that um, the ones that are listening, the ones that will listen, that you would give them the um, insight and take the parents burdens, um, hang-ups, reactions, and give rest and peace. And and there could be joy in our homes and and not the tension and frustration of so many parents and the the hurts and bitterness of so many children. Uh, Just ask for healing and redemption in, in the home. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. We'll look forward to um, you all joining us this afternoon uh, here at 3 o'clock, Lord willing. And God bless you, John, as you prepare for that. Have a blessed day. Goodbye. Goodbye. As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend.